So today's episode starts with a caveat. The subject is technology, but if you're listening to this podcast on a computer or a smartphone or an iPad, and let's be honest, how else are you possibly listening to this? That's still okay. After all, aside from listening to an audio Bible, what possible better use of your technology could there be than listening to CCF on the go, right? Okay, actually, on second thought, don't answer that question. In all seriousness, however, I hope that, however you're listening to this podcast, you're helped by today's conversation on the challenges of raising children in this technological era in which we live. You're listening to CCEF On The Go, a podcast of the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. Here at CCEF, we are committed to restoring Christ to counseling and counseling to the church. You can find our podcasts, books, articles, videos, and more resources for Christ-centered pastoral care at our website, ccef.org. Hi, welcome to CCEF On The Go. I'm your host, Alastair Groves, a faculty member here at CCEF, and today I'm talking with Julie Lowe, who is also a faculty member at CCEF. Julie, how are you? Good, how are you? You know, I'm doing pretty well. Glad to be, uh, glad to be talking, and glad particularly to be talking about our subject today uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, Julie, I know you have spent an awful lot of time uh, well, raising children um, and counseling children, talking with parents of children. You've just spent an, an enormous amount of time thinking about how does Scripture shape our view of how to love children well. And one of the, one of the, if not the biggest things I feel like I hear around me that people are talking about in terms of children these days is this question of children and technology. So. How do you protect your children from stuff you don't feel like they should be getting into on the internet? How do you handle screen time? How do you handle smartphones? There's so many uh, pressing questions. And I have children of my own who are growing older, and these questions are becoming all the more relevant. Uh, I feel like I read a new study or, or somebody quoting a study I've already read every week just saying, we don't understand how much impact technology and the shifts in technology, even in the last four or five years, uh, how much impact they're having on this generation that's growing up right now. Um, so I don't have a particular specific, hey, here's the question I want to answer for you, Julie, but I would really, really appreciate hearing your thoughts on technology and kids. What are the key issues in your mind? What kinds of things have you seen either in counseling or parenting? Um, where does that question immediately sort of launch your thinking? Sure. There's, there's lots of thoughts with that. Um, probably the first one that comes to mind that I feel like it's always really important for us to say as parents is that we're not anti-technology. Um, it's really easy to see the negative or the positive and then start to create a divide in opinions. And I think maybe a better principle um, thinking through is just the idea of stewardship. In, um, in everyday life, I want to teach stewardship to my children, whether it's with finances, whether it's with time, whether it is um, 
with pleasure, relationships. So I think with technology, there's a stewardship principle uh, that we need to take into account. And we need to make sure as Christians, we're not saying we're anti-technology. I have a child with a visual impairment where technology is his lifeline. He'll be able to thrive in the world today because of modern technology. So I do want to emphasize that any rules or principles um, should be about how to wisely teach the use of technology, not necessarily being for or against it. And maybe to some that's obvious, but I say that because um, we often respond to the horror stories, and there are horror stories out there. We often respond with a lot of caution and fear-based um, reactions, and I want to encourage not to think that way, but to really think what does wisdom look like in the use of technology with kids and teens. We need to do that as adults, so how much more do we raise children in a world of technology where they're learning uh, moderation, stewardship, uh, self-discipline, and those, those avenues? Hmm. You know, that makes a, a ton of sense just right off the bat, thinking it in, in the language of not technology is the problem, but rather misuse of technology is the problem, or addiction to technology is the problem, right. or, um, yeah, it's fundamentally technology of any sort is a tool, and you can use tools uh, for good or, or for ill, and you can use them for great good. I hadn't even thought about the fact that uh, your your son's engagement with the world is going to have so much to do with technology helping him to be in community and be able to communicate and learn and grow. Like, that's a big deal. Yes, it's phenomenal the way technology can, can help people, and, and there's so many good things about it um, for those with disabilities, for, for those who want to work from home, for those who are learning and being educated in new, uh, profound ways. We see that even here at CCEF with our education. So I, I think that's input, important to put out there because right after that idea of stewardship, we do need um, words to the wise. There, there are cautions with the use of technology. I guess one of the first things I would say is I'm really concerned about how much is impacting the development of children today. And this isn't just my personal bias. It's really research yeah. and studies of what I've seen and how it is impacting development of kids, um, how um, sitting in front of a screen tends to be more passive than active. Um, that, that kids are not engaging, they're not using uh, their fine and gross motor skills as young as babies and toddlers because we're learning to do everything um, electronically and flashing lights and you know, young children aren't using uh, their hands as much. Um, or they're using them in very different ways. Yeah. And then you see all the way up to teenagers, how uh, teens aren't sleeping well, they're developing back posture problems, all kinds of really fascinating problems that the secular world out there is acknowledging, the medical profession's acknowledging, the educational system is acknowledging. So it's not just as Christians we're concerned morally about it, but there there are real developmental problems that are occurring that are impacting um, as young as toddlers to as old as teenagers and college students. So that would be an, another caution I'd have is just thinking through um, the extended use of technology has impact developmentally on kids. Um, and that's worth considering that limiting it and teaching self-discipline and getting them out um, of their, their little 
cell phone, iPad, iPod world is really important for, for their health um, and in many different ways. Yeah. Julie, do you want to give any just rules of thumb, particular concrete ways where you would say, you know, here's, here's what stewardship either can look like or should look like? I'm even just thinking things as, as simple as, um, I, I, would, I would guess you would say something similar to what I, we found ourselves saying, which is um, whatever good stewardship of a child's screen time looks like, it's going to be less than that child is going to want. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah. that's one place I feel like you can drive a pretty comfortable stake in the ground and say, okay, that, that one's going to be pretty trustworthy in just about every case. Um, anything more, more specific? Do you think in terms of child's age and amount of screen time per day? Do you think in terms of... Um, I, I guess you're, even in what you said, you're really identifying uh, sort of two strands. There's the, the moral strand, um, which has to do with things like self-control versus self-indulgence, and then obviously things like um, being exposed to inappropriate content or the way you treat other people on social media. So that whole sort of moral, relational um, side of the technology question. But then there's also just the more physiological uh, brain development, motor skill stuff. So either in terms of the moral or the what I'm calling the sort of more physiological, do you have particular rules of thumb uh, or, or even um, di diagnostic questions you'd be giving to, uh, to parents as they think about this? Yeah, my first question I would have, and, and we struggle with this with our own children, is considering the maturity and responsibility of each individual child, which is why I think it's really hard to come up with a formula of age and how much time, though there are lots of, of articles and good formulas out there to say if your child's this age, here's how much screen time they should have. And I think those are probably really helpful. I tend to think, be an expert at knowing your own child, what does their maturity and their responsibility allow? How responsible are they? How mature are they? Um, how capable do they seem on their own to put it down and walk away from it? And I think parents are always trying to uh, evaluate that. So we have some kids where we would trust to give them a cell phone earlier than other of our children. Uh, why? Because they demonstrate responsibility and maturity in the use. They're, we're seeing those stewardship principles being applied in other realms of their life. I tend to think need. Um, do the kids need it right now? And what could be the potential benefit to them having it? So. For us, one of those questions was, well, when our kids are in after-school sports or they're traveling, um, does it give a peace of mind to be able to give them a cell phone or a way to communicate with us? Uh, do they show maturity that they can handle uh, technology and gaming systems? And then it is our job to consider how much is a responsible amount of time. And I think that's where parents have the freedom to determine that on their own, uh, as long as they're being wise and knowing what uh, the potential risks are for that. So, uh, Julie, uh, you're you're killing me. I, I yeah, this sounds hard. I, I thought you were going to have like three steps, and like you know one hour per year, and they can't have a cell phone until they're 16. And you're just going <laughs> to like set some hard boundaries with me here. And this sounds this sounds weighty and difficult. Like I still have to do all the hard work as a parent. Can't you can't you give me something easy here? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And what I like about that too is it's not about guilt; it's about wisdom. It's not about I'm I'm finding mm -hmm. a formula. 
like I said, I think there are really good principles out there, how much time a child should be on. The way we do technology um, in our home does not mean that's how everybody has to do it. Mm-hmm. We had this idea that during the school year, we don't want our kids on technology on school nights. Why? Because we have them maybe three, four hours tops after school. And we very much value the desire to build relationship with them and be together as a family. Um, It's not that watching TV or being on electronics is wrong. Um, It is just the decision we made that we have them for such a little amount of time during the week. We want to spend it with them. We want to do uh, things that that we consider valuable and productive. so every family, every family is different. What I would say is we as parents are giving in to social peer pressure as well by letting our kids have technology at younger and younger ages. And we've got to ask why. I think some parents are more careful about giving their children a pocket knife than they are about giving them a cell phone. And we've got to evaluate why it is that we're willing to do that. Is it fear of... Um, our kids not fitting in with the kids around them? Is it social pressure? Is it we, we don't think about why we're, we're doing these things? So I really challenge parents to say, you are handing your child a piece of equipment that can open all kinds of doors of opportunity and doors of danger as well. And are they old enough to comprehend and navigate all of that? Many kids aren't. And that brings you right back to the idea of stewardship and teaching kids how to use it well and understand the limitations and put on protective guards. Hmm. I love the pocket knife analogy, Julie. That's that's one that's going to stick with me. But that's just, I mean, I, I've been using the word tool here as well. But, but yeah, like you wouldn't give your six-year-old a, a pocket knife. You wouldn't give your 10-year-old a chainsaw you know you well, right. maybe you would give your maybe in certain context people are out there giving their 10 year olds chainsaw and they're probably doing a better job than i did last uh, month <laughs> when i was trying to take a tree down but um yeah you know there's, there's just a, a, a recognition this is a really sharp tool <laughs> and uh right you ease your way into such things um you know one thing um uh, that's all making me think is something lauren and i have done uh in our parenting um is i mean we have not been blind to the issue of technology. It's something we've been thinking about for a while, and our oldest is eight, so we're, you know, the the older the kids get, the more you have to sort of wrestle with these questions and the social dynamics around them as other kids are getting technology, as you said. But um, one, one thing I think I would recommend to most parents is to find something, you know, any uh, any decent article or, or book, um, and, and just let it be, read something together and bounce off of it and let that provoke your thinking. Uh, the one that Lauren and I have, have read recently is uh, TechWise Family by yep, Andy good. Crouch at uh, Christianity Today. And um, it was actually, I, I, I didn't really know much about, uh, about Crouch before reading the book, but I found it uh, really, really well written. The, the writing itself was, was a pleasure to engage. Um, and uh, he said, you know, a hundred different things that I think Lauren and I both nodded our heads and were like, yeah, either we're already doing that or that's how we're already thinking or we're likely to follow that. But he probably said another hundred things that were just thought-provoking and, and got us moving in directions. And um, I, don't, I don't feel like either of us came away from the book feeling like it totally reshaped the way that we were thinking about family and technology. 
but, uh, but it was just a helpful way to spark the conversation and raise topics in new ways. And uh, it, it just, I really appreciated the opportunity to, to work through that together on this specific issue. Um, and uh, one of the things he uh, pointed out in that that I think really came home to me was just how much, uh, you know, you, you talked about how screens are passive. Um, and, and I think he was hitting that same note and it really struck me um, just how much, so much of life requires effort to master things. Mm. And screens have done a fabulous job of minimizing the amount of effort you have to do to master something. And, uh, and that's why they're, screens are inherently um, going to be pulling on the string in us that wants instant gratification. And most of the things that are worthwhile long-term in life are not instant gratification. They are hard-earned, hard-fought skills. So we recently got a piano, and uh, our kids have been watching us play. I've been trying to teach myself for the past few years, you know, five minutes a day. And you just realize that uh, things of value take, take long times to master, and uh, a two-year-old can master an iPad in about 15 minutes. Um, and that's what we're always going to want to do. We're always going to naturally default to the, the easy path um, and you know, Proverbs has a lot to a lot to say about how easy it is to take the the path that seems sweet in in the short going, uh, but the wise are those who who take the harder road, who listen to correction, who work hard in season that there will be a full harvest in the end, where the the fool or the sluggard is is just quick to dip his hand into whatever's right in front of him. And so thinking about stewardship, um, even just thinking about having that conversation doing the hard work of reading an article or a book as a parent can be a, a real help to, to sharpening your thinking with each other. Yes, the, the other important factor is an open phone policy, as many will hmm. call it, or open technology policy that kids um, know their parents at any moment are gonna check their emails, their texting, their Snapchat, their apps, and they're gonna monitor them and too many parents do not do that, either um, through a blind trust or a feeling inadequate and knowing how to, to manage all that technology, which is challenging, um, or kind of a false sense of, well, that's their privacy, they should have that. And I would really encourage parents that they're doing a disservice to their children if they don't actively monitor and do the hard work of following up and knowing what their kids and their young people are into. That is so critical in, in what we're talking about. Yeah, that's a, I, I'm really glad you raised that, um, partly because I think there's even two ways to do that. Uh, and one way is to sort of um, be looking over the shoulder carefully when they're not looking or, you know, have access to their thing and maybe they're not aware of it or not tell them you're checking. And th there's something to seeing what your kids are doing when they think they're not being observed and there, there can be a value to that. But it seems to me what you're advocating is long-term a much higher value of, um, I want my kids to know <laughs> that, that, that I see this and that I know this and, I, and I'm going to have that access. I want that to be an open discussion. I want my presence in their electronic world to be part of what they are thinking about um, when they're Correct. doing things in that electronic world. And uh, obviously none of us are ever going to be able to lock things down or monitor so closely that, that we catch everything. You know, the children will always have more time and energy and 
freedom and willpower than uh, than we can can restrain, and, th and that's appropriate because um, well. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. That that is life. That is how life works, whether technology or out in the real world. And our our goal is to develop people, as you've been saying, who are good stewards of their time and of their words and of uh, yeah their their emotions and their skill development and and so on and so forth. Our goal is not to develop people who um, have been so guarded from every possible danger that. Um, that they can never be truly independent. They can't really be trusted. Uh, at the end of the day, we want kids we can trust, not rules we can trust. Right, right. And there's a principle of accountability there. So we're talking right. about teaching stewardship. Then we're talking about appropriate accountability. Um, and then we're talking about educating them. You know, what is wise to to say online, um, understanding that everything you put out there is both public and permanent. So there's this great book yeah. called Public and Permanent by Richard Gurry, where that's his message that um, you need to be aware anything you put out there digitally does not go away. And it can be made pub public that as we see on the news all the time about all the hacks that occur, nothing is really um, Truly you know, privacy secure. settings, yeah, privacy settings are really in some ways a false security that almost all of them can be hacked. And so for young people to know that you don't want to put out anything that you wouldn't want the world to see, that's both public and permanent. Um, and you're teaching them wisdom and what are you allowed to say online? What shouldn't you say? How are you presenting yourself to the world? And is it honest and authentic? Um, you know, what private information should never be put out there? Those are just educational things that kids need to learn as they're old enough to know those things. All of life is one big podcast, I guess, right? You're, uh, <laughs> everyone's listening when you yeah. think uh, you're just having a little conversation. That's yeah. true. Yeah. And there's some great resources out there, too. I don't want to neglect to say that, that parents aren't left to their own devices now. You know, one of the ones I, uh, I recommend is called Circle by Disney, and it's a, a little box, ironically, that you hook up to your internet at home, and it does help monitor um, devices, all the devices in your home, and then there's one called Circle Go that when kids are connecting to other um, internet access, uh, it monitors them as well. So. For parents who feel like it is a, uh, a t tug of war getting their kids' electronics from them at nighttime and monitoring all of that, what Disney does is it will shut things down at a certain time that you set, and it will awaken electronics at a certain time, and it will prevent them from accessing certain apps. And there's all kinds of settings that make it easier for parents to to provide accountability and to help them monitor what their children are doing um, and to protect them. And that's just one of many that exist today. Mm. Julie, I'm going to follow up on that on, in one second. I just want to make, I, I have one last thought um, for the conversation on my side, and then I want to, I want to see if there are other resources you're aware of. Uh, since we keep mentioning that there are good resources out there, let's let's name any that are on the top of our heads here. But um, one thing that I'm thinking of as you are talking about, okay, this shuts things down at a specific time. And my immediate question is, well, does it shut down for the parents too? And um, whether or not it does or whether or not you can set it that way, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's some flexibility there. But um, it just reminds me how much with technology, like anything else in life, um, there are going to be differences between parents and children. But 
um, fundamentally probably the single most important way that you can help someone grow in stewardship and self-discipline is to model it and is to have a healthy relationship and, and to use these tools wisely yourself. And, and so wherever you see yourself struggling, um, that, that is probably your first, uh, your first target as you think about what, what does it look like for me to love my children well. And, uh, and I think even the, the delightful thing as, as Christians is we can be people who can say to our children, hey, I'm struggling with this. Hey, this is a challenge for me. Hey, this is something I want to grow in. Hey, here's a place where um, I found myself needing to repent to the Lord for the way that I've done this or even seeing, you know, I realize I have been too much sucked into my phone or my screen or my whatever, and I feel like that's actually had a negative impact on on you and the way I've loved you as as my child, and I apologize to you for that, and it's something I want to grow in. I mean that to have to have a situation where as parents we don't have to have all the answers and have it all together in order to then, you know, rule over our child and say, okay, now you get it right because I've done it, you know, but rather to say this is important and it matters and there's grace and there's the ability to acknowledge shortcoming and to, to repent to each other. Um, that's just a really sweet, sweet freedom that the gospel brings to us in a, in a really important and challenging area. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. Actually, that that is key. And we say to our kids all the time, some of our rules are no technology at the dining room table during meals or when we're yep. out at a restaurant or we need to model it when we're in the car. No using your phone or texting uh, while we're driving. And our kids have permission and they hold us equally as accountable. Um, so <laughs> with if, glee, if I expect. Uh, with glee, you're for sure. If we're at a restaurant and one of us pulls out our phone to look something up, one of our kids is very quick to say, hey, no technology Ooh. at the table. Uh -huh. And you know what? You're, it's We should model it. If we're not willing to model it, then why will our kids listen to what we have to say? Yeah. Julie, will you uh, will you name any other resources on your mind? The, o the only one I'm thinking of at the moment um, is just is Covenant Eyes. They've uh, they've done a really good job. They have apps for your phone. You can install it on your computer, and that that's done a lot to that's both a, an accountability you know monitoring software, but there's also a a blocking option. Um, and I've uh, they've, they've just they've done good work, and I appreciate them. But any other resources that you would name, either books or technologies? Yeah, Covenant Eyes is really great. My understanding is that works primarily with is that with email and with uh, some of the sites on the technology. Then there's there is Disney Circle. There's another uh -huh. one I'm less familiar with called Bark B A R K, hmm. and it's another monitoring site. Um, Depending on whether you use droids or apples, there's kind of apps that allow kids texts or anything that they're doing digitally, digitally to be sent to their parents. Hmm. Um, so sometimes it matters what kind of technology you have as well. And it, again, with, with our, our world of Google, there's so many ways you can Google how can I, um, how can I provide accountability with this right. piece of equipment. Yeah. Any any books or articles or blogs or anything that you again off the top of your head are thinking of as hey this is this is good stuff? Yeah, the the one you mentioned is a really good one. Uh, there is another that I'm 
trying to think. I think it might call it be called the, the SmartWise. I shouldn't even try to attempt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Public and Permanent is one that is really uh, good. Yep. This Reclaiming Conversation by Sherry Turkle is mm. not specifically about um, technology use, but it is a lot about the impact um, and how to reclaim having conversation with our young people. And so it's a really thought-provoking, challenging book for, for parents to read. Mm. Well, Julie, thank you so much for uh, thinking about these things today and thinking about them over the past years. And uh, I suspect all of us have our, our work cut out for ourselves in a, a world that I know we don't really understand the contours of well yet. So thank you for your time. My pleasure. I know we already mentioned a number of resources in this episode, but I thought I would suggest Julie's recent blog on the Netflix show 13 Reasons Why, which caused such a stir in the past few months. I think Julie's blog is a great example of engaging your kids in exactly the ways that she and I were talking about. So you can find a link on our website, ccef.org podcast. And if you have any feedback or suggestions based on our episode today, we'd love to hear from you. Just email us at podcast at ccef.org. Till next time, blessings.